0: You're listening to the Very Serious Crafts Podcast. We're very serious
1: crafters. And we craft very serious crafts. Very serious.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hello, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 6 of the Very Serious Crafts Podcast. I'm
1: Haley from Red Handled Scissors. I'm Heidi from Hands Occupied.
0: And I'm Molly from
2: Wild Olive. Today we'll be talking about giant weaving, head sizes...
0: And geeked out embroidery. <laughs>
1: <laughs> of course, we are.
0: Exactly. Um, yep, yep. Because all of those things make complete sense.
1: I'm doing I my aggressively, world aggressively. Aggressively <laughs> normal. The very serious craft <laughs> story. Uh-huh. Speaking of of aggressively normal, um,
0: m- my love for organizing mm-hmm. it is definitely aggressively normal. Um, so it's I organize at least half of my that. elastics. What? I <laughs> said so it's at least half of that. I, I would tend to say
2: it's aggressive more than normal, but, uh, you know, you do you. That's, that's
0: very fair. That is very fair. Um, so I organized my elastics and bindings this week, and it, it was – there was an initial container – that then turned into a container and a bag and then a container and a bag and a box. And so it, it had it had been spreading for several years. <laughs> and so I finally went through it and got rid of all of like the fold over elastic that I'm unclear why I was keeping it, but it was definitely not in colors that I use. And like I I have now gotten everything all sorted into this tiered container that now fits in like a one foot by one foot section on my shelf. And I feel just utterly flooded with calm and joy every time (laughs) I look at that one foot by one foot section of my shelf. So that's exciting. Ting. Yeah. Exactly. There's like this whoa happening. It's it's beautiful. I love Um, that. Excellent. (laughs) Yep. It sings. It definitely sings. Yeah. I just picture
2: well, you like staring at that space, kind of like how you know, like a cat will stare at like the dust in the air a little bit. But like when you need to you just like zone ghost? out,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hmm.
0: <laughs> yes, that that is pretty much what happens. I've been like every time I need some comfort, I've been like turning and being like, oh, but but that's orderly yes. and predictable and nice. Yeah. Everything's.
1: Visible and folded so well. <laughs>
0: you're like the, so, you're definitely like the
1: crafty Marie Kondo. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Except
0: she is on the good drugs, and I am a lot crankier. Um, Although, in all fairness, I have been watching that show, Mm -hmm. which is maybe why I'm feeling like I'm flitting around with fairy wings while doing this. Mm -hmm. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Yeah, she's so, she's so beautiful. And inside and out, I feel, I mean, I... Oh, she's a delight. Yeah, she's just, she never seems to, like, she never says anything, like, judgmental about people. She never, like, anything that comes across as salty isn't. Like, yep. you know what I mean. I just find her com- utterly charming. I want to join whatever. I also, cult she find starts. her.
0: But, <laughs> yes. Well, I I think that um we like generally speaking, at least all the white women in Brooklyn have already joined that cult. So I assume that it's that it's in Chicago as well.
1: Probably. So,
0: um, yes, but you no, know, she is a delight. Yes, I'm sure that she has her private moments of not sparkly, like we all do. But gosh, she makes my day better when I watch that show. <laughs> yeah.
1: And she's a mother of two toddlers and is still wow. a delight. Ooh. Right? Yeah. That's and impressive. Yeah. Anyway, I... so okay. <laughs> this, this does tell nicely with my um initial, initial comments, actually, because in the last, you know, like last recording, I was talking about feeling really anxious and feeling like, you know, just excited that I might finally just be past this like plug of anxiety that's just kind of coincidentally happened in my life um like my roof's getting inspected things are starting to get fixed I've caught up on my like accounting you know stuff like that (laughs) so between like getting which matters yeah between getting moved into the studio and having like the space like physically and also mentally to get everything organized and actually like kind of doing the condo thing and like by moving my studio laying my hands on every single piece of oh yeah stuff and remembering mm-hmm. what I have and really reflecting on what I need and don't need in my life that it's been just this tremendous unburdening in the last week or two and I'm it's really nice it's a nice change and um are you too flying around with fairy wings <laughs> um almost I haven't quite gotten all of my anxiety out of my system <laughs> <laughs> Because it takes time, um, but
0: like I—I I mean, yeah. fair enough. Yeah,
1: yeah. And so it's nice. What do you have going, well, Molly? Uh, that's so nice. <laughs> um,
0: well, I
2: yesterday had a tweet from someone named Jen. Hello, Jen. Um, hey, Jen. Who was who listens Hi, to the podcast? And she told me that she was walking through the craft department at Walmart, which made me also think. At some point, I kind of want to like just talk about the craft department at walmart because that's a thing but anyway oh, yes mm-hmm. um <laughs> uh <laughs> but she saw a a punch needle kit there um which mm-hmm. you know it's a big thing when it's at walmart or maybe yeah. it's about to not be a big oh, totally. thing i'm not sure but we're gonna set that aside and she said and i <laughs> thought of you guys on the podcast because i saw punch needle at
0: walmart <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> It's kind of sad that we, as a group, are are known for a thing that um, that we barely do. That we've struggled with. <laughs> well, right, that is not the thing that we do. I know. But we can't shut up about. It. <laughs> yeah.
2: I don't know. It's. So, I think that's oh fine. Goodness. It's mesmerizing. <laughs> I love
0: it. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. And I need to work on that. Uh, that kit that I got from Fancy Tiger Crafts right before the holidays it's just been sitting on my desk in a cardboard box i've been like oh when i have time to just enjoy myself oh that's not a that, thing. <laughs> that way lies never real. getting it done that's not real <laughs> uh yeah i mean i actually have
2: worked on the kit that that was given to me and so i have felt like i've made steps forward um but it's not finished yet nice it's not finished
1: yet yeah. it's
0: small but it's not finished
1: yet <laughs>
2: I
0: well, just anyway. anyway. no, but it's looking good. Thank you. And even. Thank you. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, just yesterday I wrote uh, my blog post that went up to as of today's recording, um as a roundup of like 12 of my favorite punch needle projects that I'd found on Instagram. And it was mm-hmm. so fun like digging into each of these artists' websites cuz they all sell finished objects, but they're all they're almost all like gallery level artists. Mm. And yeah. the yeah. level of like capital A art that's happening with this technique is what like gets me like really excited in my heart. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's a yes. little dramatic, but <laughs> that is so.
0: It's so nice to see. Yeah. It is. I,
2: I, I, we're going down punch needle way more than I was anticipating in this conversation. But yeah. um, I'm no, fine I, just, with it. I. The thing <laughs> that I really took notice of recently, which I haven't, obviously, I've noticed it, but I really noticed how because of the way that that you like follow a line to do punch needle. And this happens with other embroidery too, but you can get like directional, almost brush stroke like effects with it that you don't always see with certain kinds of things. And it's it's really cool when that element is used for Mm -hmm. creating the art. It's not just about filling in a space. Like some of them, it's just fill it in. Oh yeah. Others, it's like you're seeing the movement of it. It's
0: Gorgeous. Mm-hmm. No, I think that d- reminds me a lot of like certain free motion quilting and stuff totally. too, that can make a quilt look like an oil painting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like I just saw this beautifully, beautifully done um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg quilt. Mm-hmm. Like it's a portrait quilt. And from a distance, like it's so skillfully both sewn and pieced, and quilted, it looks like an oil painting. Like, the texture. Wow. It, it's just, it's lovely. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Cool Yay, stuff. punch needle! But,
0: uh, so, now that we've gone down yet another <laughs> punch needle <laughs> rabbit hole. There are a lot um, of them. A lot of those rabbit holes. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's true. And, and I, get, I guess also a mind-blowing rabbit hole, because... That does tend to be how we get there. <laughs> um, I, I want to tell you guys something that Heidi did that blew my mind. So <laughs> when <laughs> I just when I was
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so when I was in Chicago with you guys when we went to Molly's local um, independent yarn store. We were wandering around, and I was fondling fiber, as one does, (laughs) and trying to decide uh, what yardage I needed to make some hats. Because I was getting emergency yarn in case my flight did not leave from Chicago the next day. And I wanted to make sure that I had enough yarn to make a thing if I ended up stuck in the airport. And so... Heidi who has been deep in the charting and spreadsheets <laughs> asked me quite reasonably what size my head was. <laughs> and I like I have known the answer to this many different times but had not stored it it would seem. And so I did not really like I was I was guessing and Heidi's response. And the answer, by the way, is uh, right around twenty inches. Mm-hmm. But Heidi's response was, "Oh, then you need teen sizing." <laughs> and there was just crickets while well, my brain exploded <laughs> because, of course, that's a thing, and like. I, as an Aspie adult woman with certain things ordered in certain ways in my brain, Mm -hmm. had myself as an adult woman in the adult women's sizing section. Mm -hmm. Now, we've all heard me talk about clothes, (laughs) we all know that that's not the case in clothes, and yet. (laughs) And so I just had this moment that continued, like, thinking through it, like, why hasn't it ever occurred to me that (laughs) I should actually look to see what size, like, that I shouldn't assume that a woman's size would fit, that I don't probably need to go down a needle size or two. I could probably just knit things actually designed to be the right size. It was a whole thing. (laughs) I mean, also a very, um, duh (laughs) moment. And so I finally started looking for teen-sized patterns on Ravelry when I got back to New York and found the the Bosch hat that I talked about last time has two sizes. One of them is a smaller, like, teen-sized head size. And I think that it's, like, smaller adult women and larger adult women. I, I yeah, think that that, that was makes the sense. design idea. Yeah. Um, but... All of the sudden this whole new world has opened to me of actually not having to be worried as long as I hit gauge that a thing is going to fit and I feel like a gigantic idiot and also utterly delighted. So thanks Heidi for blowing my
1: mind in the middle of a yarn store. Well and in my in my defense, the only reason I know that is because my head is twenty and three quarters inches. Because as we determined when we hung out in real life, as Haley and I stood next to each other, not only do we have similar voices um, and personal styles, um, I'm roughly 10 to 15 percent just bigger in all aspects than Haley. So I'm still like neighborhood (laughs) of petite, but very specifically just Haley scaled up just a teeny little bit and blonde. (laughs) I I just bought a hat pattern and I'm measuring my head right now. (laughs) Yeah. We have, do report back. yeah. i doing it right now. I need, I should yep. take a picture of this. This is, funny. I
2: could not hear you because I was measuring my head, but I have a bigger <laughs> head than you guys. I'm just going to say that.
1: We have, we have weirdly small heads though. Like, as do most adult women. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yep. So the hat pattern yeah. that I just bought should fit me, I'm going to assume, since I measured out at 22 and a half ish. That's much more, Which is that's
0: normal. much more typical. Like, that is, that is, the size that is supposed to, yes. um, And the size I have been knitting for and then wondering why my hat has drooped over my eyes every time. Yeah. Oh, gosh. It's a whole thing.
1: Yeah, and I also, and also the only reason I know about that hat sizing thing, too, is having designed a couple hats early on in my design career and mm-hmm. realizing that um, I should have made bigger sizes like much more of the thing like I learned that lesson the hard way (laughs) now we'll never forget it
0: (laughs) yeah and I've designed hats too I I designed a pixie hat um for adults because I was mad that I couldn't find one and I wanted one and I can't remember I think that I did a couple of sizes the original design that fit me and then a slightly larger design and then people were mad that I didn't do a baby one Mm -hmm. and I mean honestly there are a million of those on the internet you don't need them from me yeah but uh so I think I sort of sidestepped that issue which is maybe why I never really thought it through (laughs) but (laughs) then later on I was looking at like hat sizing charts on different knitting websites and was like Oh. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. And you have to be careful. The last thing I'll say, because I'm like clearly the nerdy knit person um, <laughs> who knows too much about like the minutiae stuff. Um, Which is useful. But always. Since you design them. Right. But also, if, dear listeners, always defer to the Craft Yarn Council's standards first, because there's a lot of websites that mm-hmm. have great SEO and questionable standards for sizing. That's what I'll say.
0: True fact. True fact. So. And that I do believe that is more or less where I found mm-hmm. that information. But it's just like, okay. Yeah. So, you broke my brain. Yay! <laughs> or not yay. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty pleased. Okay, good. Um, but I had to roll my eyes at myself pretty hard. It's like, really stop being a robot. Stop it. <laughs>
1: I think it can be useful, but I'm sure we'll unpack that. Not around. in that area. <laughs> um, but yeah, so h- tiny heads and average size heads and inclusive heads and beautiful heads aside.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All heads are beautiful heads. They're perfect. Yeah. All of them. Yes. yes. Um,
1: the the thing I really wanted to talk about um, as like my first serious topic and non-rabbit hole punch needle topic on this episode <laughs> was <laughs> I discovered my new favorite magical place in Chicago for craft supplies this weekend um mm. there's this place called the waste shed um and it's uh for local to chicago people it's a, it's not too far from grand and western um and it is I had heard of the place when I was still working as a librarian because they do a lot of work with um, Chicago public school teachers and charter school teachers getting them art supplies and school supplies for free. So like half-used highlighters that the thrift store won't take, they'll take, put them in like a basket, and the teacher can just come show their ID and take it to go. Which is great because it's also like actual recycling that's going to save the planet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but also, like, it's local waste. So, like, it's all coming from people who live in the area and then going to kids in the community.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: um, maybe this is my, like, moment of Pollyanna, but and my, li- and my, my moment of librarian nostalgia. But I think it would be really cool if a place like the waste shed existed in, like, every public library space. Like, just a little oh, yeah. closet where you could go and get your, like, backpack yeah. of stuff for back to school. Um, but always. I mean, other. you would
0: also get people bringing way too much crap.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. which is why they don't,
0: I think, yeah. a- exist more. Cause you'd get people like me who are like, I'm going to Marie everything.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and, uh, yeah. And then show up with questionable. I- I'm about to call my adhesives oh, shelf. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm positive that most of that stuff just needs to go. Yeah.
1: But it wouldn't if I had a place to take it to. (laughs) Well, and they, I think they do get overwhelmed with donations sometimes. um, And Mm -hmm. so they have to, like, have limits on it. But they have everything from school supplies, but they also have a ton of fine art stuff. I really think that this is the Mm. place where a lot of people, you know, the, um, in season one, we talked several times about um, inherited craft supplies. I think this is the place that a lot of those end up. Because there's some, they, they, they even have a bin of... Um, Yarn babies, they call it. And it's just little scraps that are all like a dime. And so I took some of that stuff for weaving... Um, they have a whole, like, two racks of fabric that have been donated, and it basically looks just like the remant, remnant table at Joanne's, and they've all been, like, folded and rubber-banded in the yardage. Wait, there's a
0: remnant table at Joanne's? Yeah. I guess not in any of the ones that I've seen.
1: And, um, yeah, so it's all, pre, it's measured, it's, like, checked that, to make sure it's not gross. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, like, okay. so they list the yardage and the fabric size. Um, right. And I got a pair of curtains off of the fabric rack, um, for two bucks for the studio nice. space nice and I got yarn I got um some measuring and cutting tools that were basically brand new some books like wow it was I spent like $30 actually no I only spent 10 because I had a gift certificate too <laughs> and I got so much stuff but yeah anyway I could I could wax on about my utopian vision for waste shed <laughs> style recycling and all of the world.
0: <laughs> no, I think that that would be lovely. I I often wish that there were places that I could bring, well, I, things that you can't generally donate. Yeah. Um. I mean, that are
2: still perfectly useful. Yep. I feel like if I went to the waste shed, that would be dangerous because I would want to like find and rescue the things, and that's <laughs>
1: uh, that's where I get into trouble. Ooh, they had, they had an entire yeah. bolt of um camel fabric. Um, not just the color, the fiber. Camel. Like like wool.
0: Oh! Wow. I was thinking print. Yeah, and it was
1: like dead, it looked like it was dead stock because it said like 1994 when like that kind of fabric was extra trendy in like the high fashion world.
0: Yeah. So that was,
1: that was just like sitting there. And if you were in fashion school or something, that would be pretty dope to get to work with. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Anyway, I could, again, go on forever about it.
2: (laughs) I pro- I should probably come well, visit you sometime. I mean, we should go together. Could be yeah. fun. Hmm. Um well, I have been uh <laughs> I've been a little bit lost in a its own rabbit hole which by the time this <laughs> podcast airs, it will have already <laughs> existed for at least I think 6 weeks or so, but there was a new meme account that um was created on Instagram called Mostly Embroidery Memes. And I do want to just yeah say this up front. This is uh, if we were to read some of these memes on the podcast, we would have to bleep some of them out. There is some strong uh-huh. language in. A yes, few of them. Molly
0: would get her bleeping yeah. finger ready. That's right. It would. Yeah, uh, these are not safe for work. Often, <laughs> yeah,
1: but they're um, really funny.
0: And yes, very. Funny. Yeah, and
2: so just and it's done by someone anonymously some of them are created by people who are willing to be tagged but the person who runs it is is anonymous which is kind of actually fun
0: but i yes, saw and i deeply want to know who they are but they're being hilariously snarky about why they aren't yeah. telling anyone in I know. their stories. I so. know. I Maybe it's you, and I'm sure one of you knows. <laughs> I don't know, and I promise I won't. Te- not one of you two. One of the listeners. Okay. Um, oh. And I promise I won't tell anyone. <laughs> just tell me. I'm really good at keeping secrets. <laughs> part of me
2: really. I. I just need to know. I. I have a. I have a, a thought and a suspicion. Although this. Sorry, I'm throwing my stuff around again. <laughs> are um, your knitting needles again it is. it's the knitting needle again um, anyway i have a suspicion of who it is although they've denied that that's who it is but i don't believe them anyway
0: well of course they have denied that's it right. but we'll allow them to yeah. continue denying uh, we'll without
2: naming yeah. names um but so one of the memes that i saw was um is a pingu meme and it was really about like the frustration of learning new stitches and I will let you go and find yeah. it for yourself. You might have to dig through a lot of memes but it's it's worth it. It's funny. And it would be worth it. <laughs> yeah. Um but uh but it got me thinking about learning new embroidery stitches and even learning new like knitting stitches. Um but I had yeah. a different thought on it because I actually I love learning new stitches and even if it takes a little bit of practice, digging into all of the different varieties of embroidery or different kinds of knit and crochet stitches, I think that's wonderful. My problem Oh, I think it's really fun. Yeah, it's I think it's a the fact that there are so many things that you probably will never reach the end of it. Um, especially because of oh yeah. Regional well because things. you can make them up. Yeah, and then you can make them up too, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. But um it's just it's extensive. I don't think that you can ever truly, truly master all of these things to the point of just knowing it all. Like, that's just not – there's not enough years in your life. Yeah.
0: You know what would be funny? To try to go through the um, the Reader's Digest Guide to Needlework one <laughs> technique at a time Ooh. and s- see how long – like <laughs> – A free idea, I guess. An Instagram account of (laughs) daily going through page by page and trying the thing. Mm -hmm. That's a really great idea. I don't have time to do it, so somebody do it and I will enjoy it vicariously. Yes.
2: (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so the problem that I find, though, is so I learn the stitch and then I can't figure out what to do with it because, (laughs) I mean, I'm not – I'm not ashamed of the fact that the embroidery patterns that I design, I design specifically for the idea that if you can learn three stitches, you can do – you can embroider pretty much anything that I make. Right. Um, and, right. and that's with purpose. And that's nice. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But the style of what I'm actually stitching does not always work for some more fancy stitches. I have in the last – Mm, I guess it's going on two years now. I've been creating a monthly piece for Simply Sewing magazine where I teach a new stitch and then I show a mm-hmm. project to use it with. So I've, in one sense, I've found a way to kind of express those new stitches, but it's a big challenge for me. It is hard for me to find a way to, to use certain stitches in a way that looks like me, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, Sure.
1: And I just find that frustrating. <laughs> I don't yeah. really have a point other than that. But um, well, and I think I think one thing worth um, acknowledging to our listeners is like when you're a craft designer, like visual branding is so much a part of the design process
0: once yeah. you're
1: a professional. And I always have really, really struggled with like creative ADD, for lack of a better term, and wanting to try so many different styles. And so it's really hard to make it like you said, make it feel like you. Yeah. But yeah. But like growth can be sometimes stunted, I feel like, when there's a pressure to have this brand that also looks yeah. good on Instagram for twenty nineteen purposes, you know? <laughs> yeah. Or
0: looks consistent. Yeah. It's not even necessarily yeah. good. Right. It's that like like my my personal style is quite modern and quite geometric. And so if I vary from that, like I may be enjoying myself, yeah. and people might like it, yeah. but it it is not reflective of my body of work, and it's a thing that you have to be conscious of. Yeah,
1: yeah. And then yeah. that's where the line is between doing something for fun and something for work as a creative right. professional. Right. That's and then, like for yeah. me, that's the distinction.
0: Yeah,
2: and then um, if I start bringing in different kinds of styles and techniques, um, which in this case would potentially be different embroidery stitches because it really does have a different feeling to it. Um, I'm right. more likely to, whether it's intentional or not, it's more likely to seem like I'm trying to be someone different, maybe even trying to copy someone else, which full circle mm. comes up a lot in the in the embroidery memes. Um, a lot. Like a lot, a because lot. Because it's so true. But, um, mm-hmm. and I could go down... It's a fine
0: line to walk. It is.
2: And yeah, I just... I love, I love learning new stuff, and then I just I'm like, how do I apply this now? And so I'm going to be working on that more. I think.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm about to sort of dive headfirst into things that don't look like my usual aesthetic. (laughs) um, Strangely (laughs) enough, because I I have purchased a birthday gift for myself Mm -hmm. as you do on eBay. Yeah, as as, I do, and. This particular birthday gift happens to be two vintage 1970s cruel embroidery pattern kits that are a Boston fern and an asparagus fern. Mm -hmm. And they were designed by Charlene... I'm not sure if it's Garish or Garish. Um, I'm going to go with Garish because... Well, it's just a guess. But (laughs) so this woman, um, Charlene Gurish, was a hugely prolific, needlework, cruel, and I'm not sure if the cross-stitch designs that are similar are hers or just... uh, Copies. Or just... Well, no, the same company. Yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha, Um, gotcha. So I'm not sure if it was a stylistic choice on her part or a work-for-hire sort of thing. But this, um, both of these are jiffy stitchery patterns, and I think, uh, yeah, both of them are copyright 1975, and I'm pretty sure that every child of, like, the late 70s, early 80s, either their mom had these or their grandmother had these. (laughs) Or, like, someone in their family. This because they were everywhere <laughs> and I will post photos in the show notes of of what they are but anyone who is not much younger than us will see them and go oh those uh-huh <laughs> and I've I've loved them for years and I They are labeled, which is a thing for me. I I like things that are labeled with what they are. So they say asparagus fern and Boston fern below them. And they are hanging baskets that have not uh, dissimilar to um, macrame Mm -hmm. 3D hangers. Uh And some of the leaves are also, uh, it's like knotted 3D. And I just I I love them and I don't even love them as kitsch like I love how they look I am going to make them and hang them up mm-hmm. but and they are research for a project that I'm doing that is eh, not unrelated But these are just, like, little pieces of joy for myself. But they are not exactly – they're adjacent to my aesthetic, but not really there. And I intend to make them and post about them anyway. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, since I didn't design them, it's a bit different. But, oh, they're amazing. And there are a bunch more of, like, the same hanging basket and labeled style. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's cool. I'm so yeah, there. I've found at least three or four more that she designed that are part of this set. Although the Boston fern and asparagus fern seem to be the most common, and they're the ones that I knew. Mm -hmm. Um, but I. I'm about to have, like, an eBay problem. <laughs> and, and they are, because they were everywhere, Yeah, they're sort of like Singer Featherweights, only not as expensive. Yeah. Um, that Because a million and 37 of them were made, you can still get them. Like, these two kits are new, unopened, in plastic still. Yeah. Yeah. And I just cannot wait. I don't remember anyone in my life
2: having those, like, making those and having them in their homes. But I am mm. sure that even though it was probably the early to mid 80s, I'm sure that I saw them still on the shelves at like Frank's Nursery and Crafts. Do you guys remember that? Did you have that by you? <laughs> no. Oh, no, yeah. No, yeah, I do
0: remember. Um
2: <laughs> that was the that was the place to go for crafts and even there were other craft stores. You were, I
0: loved Frank's Nursery yeah. and Crafts. It had a yellow roof.
2: I loved it. Um but you remember, like they would have aisles and aisles of like craft oh, kits man. and needlework kits, and that's I, sometimes I see a
0: little bit of that come back, but it's and macrame kits, yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so I'm really, really excited. And uh, looking at the back, like the needle isn't rusted, so it's like everything is still fine. Yeah, <laughs> and I cannot wait to because it's so rare that someone. Like us who designs things for a living, just gets to play. Yeah, yeah. and I cannot wait. And also, I love these, mm-hmm. and I don't really care if I think that you one could frame them in a way that makes them look modern. Mm-hmm. And I Definitely. just like. I think they're they're great, and I'm super excited. So happy birthday to me a little <laughs> late. Yay!
1: um the other thing that I've been experimenting with more um especially considering like my um arthritis situation that I've talked about a couple times um so i've been right. I've been necessarily it's been necessary for me to experiment with some different mediums to see how they affect my body which isn't cooperating of course which is deeply frustrating but uh, I'm sure ooh. there are people who have much more many more challenges than I do in this department so like yeah. positive thoughts to people with that cuz this sucks and i am just barely starting to deal with it
0: yeah but well, i'm really... sure but that doesn't mean that it isn't a struggle for you <laughs> right i mean um, it sucks it gets to yeah
1: but the nice thing that i'm really on good days trying to like remind myself of is that mm-hmm. i can do other things and this might be a great opportunity that the universe is telling me to go crazy <laughs> in a good way <laughs> Well, <laughs> like, try whatever you want without... Exactly. Without yeah. boundaries. Yeah, and mm-hmm. feeling, like, this huge, like, release of pressure to release patterns constantly, which is very hard to do because it's time-consuming to put out a good pattern. Um, and oh, so yeah. the, this week's, or this month's, like, fun experiment has been weaving, which I've done before, mm-hmm. um, but I'm spending more time doing it, and I'm doing it at a much larger scale um yep. thanks to the studio and not
0: with twine yeah. thank goodness yes
1: not with twine I won't <laughs> I won't even bother with that one thanks for doing that experiment for me Haley's calloused fingers
0: <laughs> uh, they my fingers still
1: aren't fine oh man <laughs> anyway um but I just one I keep getting asked questions on Instagram about the loom I'm using because I DIY'd it I made it myself um, and it's not... Yeah, it's so cool. It's yeah. humongous. It's like five <laughs> by seven feet. It looks like a harp. It does. Yeah. Especially because... So, picture this in your mind, listeners. Um, A big square of PVC pipe set so it can have to, some little legs so it can sit vertically so you can stand at it and work at it, which is also nice if you're needing to be in different positions if your body gets sore. Um, yeah. And so this PVC pipe i made the frame with just standard pvc pipe connectors i think i used a three quarter inch diameter pipe just from home depot it took two pipes and then a bunch of connectors and um to cut it to size you can do that at home if you have a hacksaw you kind of just have to mark your mark your line ideally cut over a box because that like plastic sawdust quote unquote <laughs> is a pain to clean up because it gets staticky yes but yeah. i cut that oh totally yeah I cut that to size, and then I reinforced the, the joints with um, Gorilla Glue, which is cool. But I le- mm-hmm. I made it so it could also be taken apart and stored it vertically in a closet, um, which is nice, too. So then I used the hacksaw again to cut little lines on just one side of the top and bottom piece of PVC pipe. So I kind of scored them with the hacksaw, and then I was able to wind the vertical strands of the weaving loom with fishing line secured in those ridges. So, yeah, that's a little bit of detail, but it's because this is an audio podcast. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's true. But it um, describes it really well. Yeah. yeah. And what's nice is like I also was able to get just some little skinny dowels from Home Depot to help with the tension. So you kind of weave the dowel between the fishing line to give yourself the right tension as you work. So even though this thing probably cost me, I don't know, neighborhood of 20, 25 bucks to make. Because I because right. I already had the hacksaw. Um, it's working really well. Um, I think the only and it looks really yeah, yeah it looks, it looks kind of cool. The fishing line really adds to the harp effect, and we all like and it's so big that, that yeah. At like my craft nights in the studio, everybody who feels like it can like contribute a strip of ribbon or yarn to it, which is mm-hmm. cool. So then when it's mm-hmm. done, we'll have this like community made thing, um, that's
0: which is nice. great, and it looks good like it's um it w- having watched it from nothing to its current status like it's it looks better than i would expect for random combinations of things Same. If that makes sense <laughs> yeah that's how i felt but, too. <laughs> i mean it, i feel like it could have gone very poorly <laughs> yeah. and it didn't yeah it, like it looks really cool thanks Wait, that came out wrong. Sorry.
1: <laughs> the one disclaimer I will give, if anybody's like thinking about doing this for real, don't use fishing line for the warp, the vertical strings, um, because it's inherently pretty slippery and. It would have been better if I used like some leftover, like sock yarn or like wool worsted weight yarn, Um so that the vertical right, strands so had some grip. Yeah, so that the vertical strands had a little teeth to them, because that's been the big yeah. issue is ba- literally okay. balancing fibers that want to slip off the fishing line and just the force of gravity with the sure. slippery strings. That's probably uh, the only well, fail. Well, see,
0: you could use jute twine cord. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, that would be very. I I (laughs) can tell you that it's quite grippy. (laughs) (laughs) I also it has teeth. (laughs) I wanted to ask
2: how um, how long are the like the the legs or the feet at the base so that you have enough stability with it. So it's not at risk of toppling over.
1: Um, I I ended up cutting um, it's three feet on each side. And so I have like two little legs that they pop off. They're short pieces of one foot. I have two one foot pieces and two two foot pieces, um, which is nice because then I can have the shorter pieces closer to the wall if I want to work on the other side. That's perfect. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And those I did Gorilla Glue the base together because that when stuff twists and torques can get messed up, but the tallest vertical and horizontal legs of the frame pop off. Okay. Okay. Um, that makes sense. I need to. I, I've that had I've had a request for a blog post on this, and I, I will. I should just do it. Yeah, I think people will like oh, that. Easier said than done. right? <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, that's enough rambling about my weird trash loom. Uh,
0: <laughs> so I mean, it's decidedly not a trash <laughs> loom. No, it's not. It's reusable and elegant. It's
2: fantastic. Um, speaking of things that are <laughs> speaking of things that are elegant. And amazing. Um, so I saw this link from a woman on Instagram, Yamil Anglada, and I hope I'm saying that I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, her Instagram handle is at A-N-I-T-O-N-A-N-Y-C. So she shared on Instagram this link to the most amazing thing I've ever seen. It is an embroidered computer. And we're not talking about embroidering a picture of a computer. This is an actual working computer. It's, I mean, fairly primitive when it comes to computers, but it is a functional Mm -hmm. piece of embroidery that can actually compute things. So, uh, yeah, it's conductive embroidery. Exactly. So, it uses um, Mm -hmm. metal threads. There are, um, they're all gold. Um, There's glass and magnetic. Um, or metal beads and um, some magnetic pieces in there. And there's some video of it working. I can't, I don't know exactly what all it, um, it is actually computing, but it works. It's a programmable eight bit computer. And you can see like items that move to like show what it it is putting out there, what it is um, computing. And it's like, and it's beautiful. Okay. It is. Yeah. Of course. It's so beautiful. It's. All of these gold lines running across um, a stretched piece of fabric with all these little conductors. It's, it's remarkable. And I thought that that was where this would end. It's like steampunk computer yes, almost. Yes, yes, exactly. It's beautiful. Um, and, and just it, even if it didn't do anything, looking at this as a piece of art is beautiful. But it actually works. Mm-hmm. And then. That's cool. Oh, yeah. I thought, well, that's the end of that. Until I started looking at some other things. This, by the way, um, this is on um, the website of IrenePosh.net. Um, and I'll have links to this in the show notes. But I started looking at a few of her other things that she links. She did this with other people, too. But then I went down a further thing. And I went to this website where this was had been featured on at one point called StitchingWorlds.net. Mm-hmm. So they've got the embroidered computer. They have um, a Monopoly game, which they call the Knitcoin edition. And when ah, <laughs> when players need so play cool. money, when players need play money, they must knit it.
0: Uh, ah! I love <laughs> it's so it. Cool. That they they actually, actually would be the slowest game of Monopoly that well, has ever occurred. It <laughs> looks like they're
2: using like. I'm not sure because elsewhere on this website, they're showing using like, you know, the paper cards that you would have had in old computers. They're using that for, yeah, yeah. the punch cards for a knitting machine. So I'm not sure if it, like, if you actually get to go and like use the knitting machine to knit your money, that would be a little bit easier. (laughs) But I was like, what? (laughs) And then just because I, let's just blow my mind a little bit more. They have a thing called a yarn recorder. It is Hmm. a device for recording and playing sound, which curiously utilizes spools of yarns and threads as the recording media. So the yarn actually has steel in it, and they can record onto the yarn.
1: Oh my goodness. That's cool. (laughs) Oh, so it must, um,
0: and I I haven't seen this, but I'm guessing it must... Um, bend the steel yarn ever so slightly for different recordings in a similar way to like how music boxes work you or something. They
2: don't show it. I have not seen it actually how
0: it functions.
2: It's a it's a wooden box with um with the spools going and there's a like a little I, I assume almost like a needle that it it runs through. Um, I have not done the full. Uh, deep dive into how this works, although it's a, a limited amount of, of info in there. But it's, a, I mean, it's a spindle that it that it goes through. But, like... Sure. That's really cool. The person that thought, you know, I wonder if we could make some yarn and then record something on
1: it. What? <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, it it makes complete sense. It's, it's really easy to make a record. It's not really easy to make a record that... Last, but it's easy to make a a record that will play, and it's easy to make a thing that a, a thing to play the the record. so it makes complete sense to me and I say easy i that's relative right right but, but um, but that's cool. It's so I love fun. human brains, yeah, they're the best, yeah,
2: so I have a feeling that I will be losing many hours scouring over this website because it's it's basically like a, an almost like an art group. And they do events and stuff. I wish that I could go and see some of this stuff in person, but it's it's pretty cool. That's That's really awesome. awesome.
0: Yeah.
1: Someday on a future on a future episode I'll have to talk about the person who knitted an entire short film frame by frame. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Like stop animation? Yeah, it's basically stop motion animation and it involves um, a knitting machine, but I know we're about to go a little long on this episode, so I'll save it. <laughs> yeah,
0: we can also. D- is it Andrew Salomone? Huh? Is it Andrew Salomone?
1: Um, I don't recall off the top of my head
0: because no. a friend of mine does similar things, okay. and that is his name.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we will have, we You'll will let's out.
0: let's
2: jump into that at another point because, yeah, there's a we'll gumshoe shoe. there's this. other things too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, so now that we have (laughs) gone down the amazing electronics meets fiber rabbit hole, (laughs) and we will almost certainly all continue to go further down said rabbit Uh hole because Yarn Geek, I guess we better wrap up this episode, guys. Yes. Well, it was lovely talking to you ladies, and I hope you have a good rest of your day. Thank you. You too. This was fun. All right. And if you guys have any exciting electronics that are embroidered or yarn related that you know about that we don't, please tell us about them because we want, we want more. Yes, We please. want to know. <laughs> yes, please. Well, we'll talk to you uh, next time, ladies. Yeah. Sounds good. Bye, friends. If you're a person who likes to hang out on the internet, you should hang out with us. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Serious Crafts and on Facebook at Very Serious Crafts. You can also find show notes and all things Very Serious Crafts at VerySeriousCrafts.com. Want to join the conversation? Tag us using hashtag Very Serious Crafts which I know will come as a shock to all of you. <laughs> um, and if you're using Instagram stories, don't forget to tag us with at so we can reshare. Are you a fan of the Very Serious Crafts podcast? Which presumably you are, since you are listening to this part of this particular episode. Um, Great. Pretty please leave the Very Serious Crafts podcast a five-star rating on whichever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Good ratings help us show up in recommendations, especially on iTunes, which helps more people who love crafting find us. And finally, if you'd like to sponsor an episode of the Very Serious Crafts podcast, visit VerySeriousCrafts.com and click Sponsor.